Chop on that. All right, we good to go? No. Hello, and welcome to the 250, the podcast where we predict where the Olympics are going to be held in 2032. I'm Doug, and with me as always is my co-host Jonathan. How are you, John? I am delightful. Delightful. Mm. Wow, that's a. I feel like you've said you're good for like the past couple of podcasts. Yeah, so that's going to be a. That's a nice change of pace. If this is your first time tuning into the two five zero, we have taken a snapshot of IMDb's top two hundred and fifty movies of all time as of January twenty twenty, and have begun watching them from number two hundred and fifty through to number one. In this podcast, we discuss our opinions, thoughts, and reactions to the movies within today's movie number two hundred and forty four. Akira. Kanida and his angsty teen of... Oh my fucking god. His angsty teen. His angsty teen of gang punks. Shut the fuck up, I'm gonna die. <laughs> Kanida and his angsty gang of teen punks find themselves unwittingly caught up in a secret military project, as one of their own is captured by shady scientists after a bizarre... Dip, dip. I said blip, blip. Kanida and his angsty gang of teen punks find themselves unwittingly caught up in a secret... Mil- Stop that, have Kanida and his angsty gang of teen punks find themselves unwittingly caught up in a secret military project as one of their own is captured by shady scientists after a bit Kanida and his angsty gang of teen punks find themselves unwittingly caught up in a secret military project as one of their own is captured by shady scientists after after Kanida and his angsty gang of teen punks find themselves unwittingly caught up in a secret military project as one of their own is captured by shady scientists after a freak incident. Psychics, telekinesis, and violence run rampant in dystopian Tokyo set in 2019 as the government attempts to find the purpose between but uh, behind the being known as Akira. Cut that through. Fix it. Fix it. Take five. First try. <laughs> uh, this film is directed by Katsuhiro Otomo, who was also the original manga author. And uh-huh. it was uh, co-written by Izo Hasemoto, who I believe helps with, like, bringing films to the screen. I guess just, yeah, conjuling everything and bringing it all together and making it somewhat make sense, I yeah, suppose. His, his IMDb was a bit all over the place, so mm. I wasn't entirely sure, but I think he's done a couple of things before. So, like, adaptations and things? Or? Yeah, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, that makes sense. I think... Uh, maybe I'm completely wrong. I might be completely wrong. It might just be this one. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Katsuhiro Otomo is the director, and he... Um, he also wrote the manga. Um, uh-huh. He's like, he's got like four or five credits in this film because he he headed up like so much of the creative design work. Yeah, um, this film is like his baby, really. Mm, which I get. I think that's kind of nice. Oh. Um, the film is, and I guess we'll talk about it a bit later, but the film is based on, yeah, this manga series called Akira as well. Obviously and. Exactly. Of the same title. What's that title, Doug? Akira. Akira. Um, <laughs> so he took this pretty decently sized series and chopped it down into two hours, 124 minutes, almost on the mark, um, film. So 
Um, yeah, we will talk about how it's structured a bit later. Um, but I believe the manga was still being written at the same oh. time that it was filming, so they mm. only released the sixth novel, which is the finest, uh, uh, sixth volume, I should say, which is the final volume, mm. uh, post this film's release. So, right. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of nifty to have uh, a film like this all kind of spearheaded by the same guy. Um, yeah. It, the final result, you know, turned out pretty well. I think mm. he... Did he do that with... Yeah, he did the same thing with Steam Boy. Yeah, correct. That's the other um, one that he's very well known for is, yeah, Steam Boy. Yeah. And then he has uh, The Memories, which is like three short stories, which is the same deal. Yeah. Um, which turned into, I, I guess, a feature? How long is it? Hour and fifty three minutes. That's that's yeah, a feature that's, length. Yep, that's a feature film. Yep. Ah, interesting. It's more of a I guess like a like an art housey vibe to like yeah, chop it yeah. up like that. Mm. Um But yeah. Uh Akira, how did you feel about it, Doug? Did you did you enjoy I yourself? Bloody love this movie so much. I have never seen it before, so I I went in pretty blank on knowing what to expect, but I knew that I was in for a romp and that it was cyberpunk focused and had a very gritty style to it. I didn't know so much about the the body horror and the violence <laughs> and things like that that go on in it. And that kind of... You, you really have to go on with an open mind for this film. You just got to let whatever, whatever Akira is going to throw at you, you just kind of have to be on board with. And I think that's a, a, both a very good thing about this film... And a very, I guess for some people who, you know, uh, they want to be able to go into a film and go, I understand everything that's happening within this film. And I walk away going, yep, <laughs> I got it all. You're not going to have, you know, that's not going to no, happen with Akira. No, it's very <laughs> weird. It's actually, I got the feeling throughout the whole thing. Uh, so, uh, hmm, a bit of behind the scenes. We almost ooh, ended up ooh. doing Evangelion as our 250. Uh, 250 our- scoop. Yeah, but our timing was a bit weird and we basically said uh, it would be a very poor start to start on the third, I think, Evangelion film, which yeah. is the highest rated one. Uh, and I've never throw, seen any Evangelion Just throw stuff, Doug in the so, deep end with yeah. that. Uh, and we, we basically, uh, we just pushed, pushed it a little bit. I think it was still 1st of January in the States when we actually took our- when we took it, yeah. Our clipping. Uh, anyway, whatever. So, so <laughs> Evangelion uh, is a series, I guess, or I've only seen the films, I haven't watched the series because it's a lot of work, but um, uh, the films, I like them a lot and I feel like this has a similar feel. Yes, I think Evangelion took some kudos from Akira in terms of- Sub, not subject matter, I guess, but like stylistically and uh, things like that. There was Thematically. Just, there was, yeah, there was a big um, economic boom in Japan in the 80s, mm. um, which meant that there were just all of these fucking really good animators and a lot of money. So they were just like twiddling their thumbs like, what are we going to do with <laughs> ourselves? I guess we're just going to make a whole bunch of really expensive, really good anime. So mm. that's why 80s anime is consistently across the board very, very good. And yeah, Evangelion is, I think, is Evangelion on the tail end of the 80s? It, uh, like it depends the what you look at. So the series, the series 
uh, I think was through the 90s, I think. Right, gotcha. Um, but the films, uh, I actually reminded myself the other day, um, they remade the series as a set of films, uh, first of which came out in 2009. No, 2007. The second, right. one was t- second film was 2009. The third film was 2012, and the fourth film comes out this year. So, they've had a nice meaty fucking gap. Yeah, Jesus. Um, but, okay, here we go. Neon, Genesis, Evangelion, 95 to... Oh, 96. That's it? That's the it. TV series. Yeah, it is only one wow. season, I believe. Right. Um, Which I guess so. is all it needs, and then it just expands <clears throat> into the movies, I would assume. No, the, the movies are a complete remake. Oh. They're, okay. like, the same plot... But because of the way, Condensed. I think it works better than this. So, so this is a, a whole manga series in a two-hour film. Mm. Um, that is a single season of an anime compressed into four films. So right. you're missing very few plot points. Uh, yes. In reality, the the bigger issue is that it kind of comes out a bit weird, just pacing wise. Akira comes uh, out a bit weird, you mean? No, this this does. Evangelion does because oh, they right. they mm. kind of just like there aren't necessary necessarily like like a good sequelized film, like sequential film. You can kind of chop them up on like good beats. Evangelion yeah. is a little weak on that, um, right? Because okay. because of the the way that each episode chops like has like a neat like summarizing beat, little but, ribbon, yeah. <clears throat> Getting distracted. Mm. It's it's. <laughs> Did you just knock just... over your Lego box again? It is moved. It is moved to straight up. It's like a meter and a half oh from my, my body. Balance. I just like oh. I'm gesticulating and I just hit it. <sighs> Give me a second. <laughs> I'm just gonna shift this stuff so it's. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, brief interlude as the dumb idiot brain has dumb stupid head, Jonathan. So, uh, yeah, this is I, I guess thematically it's similar. Um, just like straight up story wise, it had the same kind of feeling of just this weird, like a supernatural Somber. seems like the wrong word. But just like, just like the, the, uh, not, see, things is not what I'm meaning. Just stuff like such a massive scale of like weird alien shit going on. Right. Yes. Is, is what happens with both of them. Sci-fi. And yeah, it's, yeah. You should watch it eventually. Maybe we should watch, um, I was, I wanted to do like, say we should watch all of them, but it is four films. Mm. So. Mm. But the the um, I mean, shit! I smashed out the whole Maze Runner trilogy in one day. That was a day and a half. <laughs> oh, you should not watch this all in one day. You'll be mm, very I'll sad, be just depressed. But um, <clears throat> you should uh, you should watch all of them at some point. They're, yeah, yeah. When the the last one comes out in about six months. Oh, cool. Well, they're on my list most definitely. Because um, if they're anything, <coughs> I'm just very interested in Japanese cyberpunky kind of mm. vibes. Um, yeah, it's Ghost the same. Shell, it's Battle the same series, like kind of feel of like it's so serious. <laughs> yeah. Like, sorry, I cut you off there. Um, no, no, no. We you're okay. comparing this to the other <laughs> films we've watched. It's like <laughs> it's like. So fucking adult. It's like... Absolutely. <laughs> um, 
a girl almost gets raped. Yeah. Um, there's, like, very gruesome, visceral shots of, like, someone getting shot in their head. Yeah. And his, like, head just, like, erupts in blood. There's nightmare and- sequences. There's body horror. It's- yeah. But the la- The last 30 minutes of it is like, oh, God. That, again, I think ties back into, I think, Japan making a statement at the time in the 80s mm. Mm. in that everyone kind of thought that animation was for kids. Yeah. And Japan, J- Japanese animators were trying to make a standpoint of, well, no, you can still do adult animation and still, you know, tell a powerful story through the media of animation just as well as you could through live action. Yeah. And I think they achieved that fucking excellently. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess, uh, animation, like, holy shit, I think, I think it's better than Laputa's, like, like, the fidelity and the complexity of it all. I will go is... into that later on in the trivia section, but yes, you are pretty okay. bang on on that. It's, yeah. it's so fucking complex, and there's, there's a couple of, I mean, just the whole way through, the animation is just very intricate. Um, the, it has a lot of realism attached to it, which is funny given how unrealistic it is. Yeah. There is, yeah. there's a bit where there's basically like some, yeah, there's some like massive scale destruction and there's this like huge, it would be, I, I, I think the scale was like, it's like a meter or two wide, like steam duct, like this massive pipe and it breaks off and it's like flailing as it would, but it's like, it looks like it's in slow motion because this thing's so large and it's just like that really hit me. But there's also just the way they animate all the characters and like groups of people like interacting and like, mm. you know, jostling and stuff like that was so cool. The characters feel like they have weight. I think mm. is the big thing. Like there was uh, a, a note that I jotted down was just the, the clumsiness of everything made it yeah. feel very human. Like the sloppiness of everything. Like there's moments where people fall off of like their motorbikes and stuff, and the way that they kind of crash and tumble to the floor, and then try and drag themselves back up again, and everything. It all feels super human and realistic. And they've mm, obvi- mm. they obviously would have done so much work of just analysing the human body and form, and making sure that all of those little nuances are correct. It's yeah, it's mind blowing. Really it's good. Really, stuff. it's really really good. Um, and the <laughs> the more distressing scenes are really well animated, mm. and they will really gross you out, mm-hmm. which is cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, yeah, again, as I said, you just you really have to go into this movie with an open mind, and you just have to be ready for whatever the hell it is Akira is going to throw at you. Yeah, and you'll have 100%. a great old time. A hundred percent. If you're going in with, like, preconceptions of people going, like, oh, dude, you have to watch Akira. Akira is so good. Like, don't go in with that. Just go in with, let's just watch Akira. <laughs> let's see what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, let it take you by surprise. Mm, well, mm. I feel like this is a bad place to start if you uh, want someone to not say yeah, if, yeah. it's good. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Turn off the podcast right now. Right, right this now. fucking instance. <laughs> I swear to God. I swear to God. I swear um, the film has a lot of really interesting music work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I should have written this down. Who was the musician again? The, um, uh, the composer, you the mean? The composer. The composer was, I looked this up, uh, Shoji Yamashiro. Mm. Um, so the, 
um, the music was actually written before the animation was, and I think before a lot of the nitty gritty storyboarding was done. Yes. Um, so the the music really drives the film, and it's it's bizarre. It's really really weird. It's super cool, mm. uh, and I I think we'll just leave it at that. It just very much impressed me. Yeah, it's not the typical kind of score that you would expect for an anime oh, no. film. And no, 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 no. Again, I think that's just, as I said previously, more and more credit to Japan and um, Hashimoto just really trying to push the boundary of what is animation, what do people perceive as animation, and they they just obviously had so much creativity and freedom to just mess around, see what came up, and just see what stuck. Yeah. And Akira fucking sticks. Like, mm. oh, I, I, this, the trivia section is going to be huge with how much stuff this movie has gone on to inspire. Inspire, right, um, yeah. In the cyberpunk that. culture, in Japanese pop culture, the way that uh, Japanese pop culture was secured and treated with more reverence in Western culture because of this movie it's just, yeah it this film has a real legacy to it was it was it before what's the cyberpunk film uh blade uh, runner uh, was it before blade runner blade runner was 82 okay so it was yeah, it was yeah. slightly after blade runner mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. a very much the same feel yes cyberpunk um, for sure cyber like a very just like it's dystopian, so, gritty, neon lights. Ugh. It's 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 really 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 good. Mm. Um, the story. That's why I thought you would like this movie so much is because Blade Runner is one of your favorite movies, right? Ah. Or do you prefer yes. Blade Runner twenty forty nine? I prefer twenty forty nine just because the story isn't silly. Ooh, hot um, take. Ooh. But I'll stand with Red Letter Media on this one. Blade Runner, very pretty movie, extremely boring. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, it's it's world design is next fucking level. Um, yeah. But Jesus fucking Christ, that storyboard the hell out of me. <laughs> right. So production quality out the wazoo, but then storyboarding and script write, uh, yeah writing just kind of it's just down the yeah. wazoo. Yeah, I, 2049 really... Because it does the same sort of thing with the whole detective sh- shtick. Yeah. Um, there's like a mystery that the main character has to overcome. Mm. But it's so like flat the way that Harrison Ford like goes through and hunts these guys down. It's just... Uh, it's, in the first Blade weird. Runner. In the first Blade Runner, yeah. yeah. Um, in I think the, the ending of Blade Runner is really, really cool. I like yes. that a lot. And, so and it's, or it's the character... I, Fucking forget the character's name. What is his name? Um, well, don't fucking spoil Blade Runner in this podcast. Jesus. Roy Batty, the Rucker Howard's character. Oh, yeah, yeah. He is like... He's the star of the film. Uh, I find Deckard a very uninteresting character. <laughs> and a bit rapey as well. Oh, yeah, Let's, yeah. But- yeah, I, I... Like, the romance in that, I just switch off when I see that shit. I'm like, this is horrible. What the uh, fuck? There were a couple of those kind of characters back in the bloody 80s, though, when they, they were all... Mm. You old rapey fellas, you got your James mm. Bonds kicking yeah. around. And, and yeah. Blah. Thanks, James. Yeah, you, you fuck. fucked it for everyone. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, distracted. Yeah. Blade Runner back. vibes. It is yes. It is very clearly inspired by that whole aesthetic. Mm. Cyberpunk. Um, you know, there's still, like, there's still, like, cyberpunk stuff. Mm. But uh, cyberpunk has progressed since Blade Runner. 
Yeah. Where, like, a lot of stuff these days, you can see the fingerprints. Uh, yeah. But it's not necessarily so clearly inspired, but this is pretty clearly inspired. You'll be interested uh, with the trivia section, I think, when you actually get to hear what was inspired by this film. I think yeah. it's, I, I was pretty fucking amazed by some of the stuff that's come out of the woodworks that was inspired by this. And I'm like, really? But hmm. the more I think about it, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. For 110% recommend this movie. Just if you just, just go in, just have a great old time, maybe bundle up with a blanket and maybe some alcohol if you just want to dull the senses for the the blast of visual and audio <laughs> that is Akira. It's a great. If old you're time. a bit, if you're a bit off on body horror type stuff, it's not like you know people. It's not like Saw or something. Yeah, type stuff. yeah. No, no, no. It no, is no. more. It's just like more grotesque. I don't want to go too in detail about it, it's, but it's it's absurd like, and unsettling. Yeah, it's if you could stomach uh, Bloodborne, you'll be fine. <laughs> Wow, what a no, really um, fucking good reference for our demographic, Jonathan. Gotcha. What is our demographic? I don't actually <laughs> I don't know. Fucking know. French people, apparently. Shout out to all our French listeners. Yeah, shout out to the French listeners. Fuck yeah, bro. You guys are all. Yeah, it's very, very good. Um, uh-huh. I would highly recommend this. I had a really good time with it. Absolutely. Um, Agreed. Hmm. So if you can stomach that, bloody go for it. And it's a uh, spoiler time. Spoiler time. If you uh, listen past this point uh, without watching the film, I'm going to go uh, put a crowbar through your car window. Oh, no. Yeah. Is it That's Gordon Freeman? The- Are you Gordon Freeman now? I am that bit from the start of John Wick where he breaks his SUV <sighs> with a baseball bat. And Wait. And I will... Wait, which that. bit? At the start. Yeah. When they, when they like kill his dog and like beat the shit out of him yeah he like goes to drive out and he goes to get in the in the other car yeah but there's a baseball bat through the windshield oh so he can't so he takes the bus oh fuck it's been Mm -hmm. a while since i watched john we've got to watch that again Uh, Mm um play the horns we just put that in (laughs) (laughs) i just clipped the fuck out of my mic (laughs) yeah that that looks good on the waveform (laughs) um yeah no it really does not um so the manga and the film their relationship is kind of interesting Mm -hmm. um i think you said what did you say your understanding of how it was kind of chopped up was uh, I believe from some of the research that I've done, the they took the first half of Volume 1 and then the last half of Volume 6 and then just smooshed it into a film and some plot points that took literally like half a volume, they squished down into like 30 seconds and stuff like right. that. So right. they just tried to find the neatest way to get from point A to point B, which makes the pace fucking bonkers and... <laughs> Uh, just occasionally can leave some audience members going, what the fuck? What? How does... <laughs> it's, at the, it's at about the 40-minute mark where I feel like some audience members were just going, what? Is anyone... Am I taking fucking crazy pills right now? What's going on? <laughs> the, the fucking synopsis is like... It's so long. <laughs> it's like a yeah, tome. it's crazy. There's so many things that happen in it. Um... And that does... Uh, I'm trying to be more critical of films, the mm. films we're watching, because I think it's more interesting. Yes. I think the film definitely has some things with their relationships that feel like... 
Kaneda turns on Tetsuo really quick. And in the manga, that's, you know... That's fleshed out across he, volumes. He joins the clowns so that he can... So that he can basically, like, get back at Kaneda for, like, not respecting him, I guess. Oh, wait, um, before he goes psychic? Uh, I think it happens after he goes psychic. Oh, okay. It's a... Uh, yeah, it's like in the period of time that's supposed to happen with when he drives away with Kaori, I believe. Right. Uh, sure. That kind of stuff. There's all this stuff that happens and it's like, oh, like, kind of has a really good reason to, like, fucking hate this dude. Yeah, I think he's a um, dickbag. But in the film, that, we're just kind of like, I hate you now. Yeah, yeah. you're ruining my city. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stop kicking over my sandcastles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that, that kind of... That, that kind of stuff is, like, missing. There's... There's stuff like um, the film. There's a lot more time to obviously like explore the film. Sorry, the um, the city as a concept, Neo Tokyo, mm. um, which I would have appreciated. I you do actually no, you get a lot of it from just like working it out from people interacting with the world. Yeah, you you do get a lot of the like idea of how it all works. I think that was fine. There's also the whole uprising that's going on through the whole thing. Yes, the and revolution and anti-government thing going on, yeah. Yeah, uh, there's all the terrorist bombings and stuff, which is a lot more background. Um, it's more of a vehicle to drive the revolution characters, K in particular. Yeah. And the whole situation with, uh, you know, like when they're getting interrogated, there's like loads and loads of people the police are interrogating because they're trying to find these terrorists and that kind of thing. You know, the um, the kind of popish character that's like all super Akira and stuff, the one with like the black hair and it's constantly being carried around on like a with gondola and stuff. Yeah, yeah that one. Um, apparently, that character is way bigger in the manga. Right, like is right. way more fleshed out and carries like a bigger part than I, in the movie yeah. where they're just literally just a side character, if you can call them that. Yeah, I think they were interesting. I, I it didn't feel like they were like the film wasn't going like this character was supposed to be interesting and we yeah. chopped them down. I think yeah. there was still enough of them that they were like this is an interesting character, but it was definitely. A side character. It's like, hey, what's this crazy fucker up to again? Hey, oh, oh she fell off a bridge. Oh, yeah, shit. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. There's there's just a bunch of stuff like that. Um, uh, which works in some spots and doesn't in others. I think um, the amount of... Yeah, like I said before, the amount of uh, the city and the uprising you get exposed to, I think, works. Uh, that didn't feel lacking if... I wouldn't have been mad if there was more, but you definitely get a pretty good picture from what you do get. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, some of the things are completely fucking different in the film. Akira is just some like scientific samples in a frozen chamber. Mm. Uh, whereas in the manga, he's an actual character, like a living character, which also, I didn't really mind that in the film. Yeah, I was kind of... I liked the the subversion of, you know, they set this whole Akira thing up of him being in the ball and, you know, you're expecting him to be, like, you know, all chained up and frozen mm. in this ball thing and then Tetsuo finally gets to it, cracks it open and it's just all these vials. I thought that was a really good kind of, like, 
oh, fuck, okay, I guess, well, if Akira is nothing, then what the hell is going to happen now, you know? I think that's yeah, really neat. That was that was really interesting, and I did really, really like how that was done. Mm. Um, so it wasn't a massive, a massive issue. I think that's a very neat way to basically <laughs> trim a character down, you know? Absolutely, yeah. Just, <laughs> just go- turn him into... Well, fuck, just put him in vials and then put him in Put the him in some micro- just... microscope slides and yeah. you're good to go. <laughs> Call it a day. <laughs> but there is a whole subplot line with um, Tetsuo... And Akira. Uh, and Akira right. trying to, you know, work towards their their own goals or whatever. Mm. Um, uh, our most absolutely, like, gypped character... <laughs> Carrie. Oh, uh, <laughs> I just I sent it to Jonathan. I just one of my notes is oh oh no, Carrie. <laughs> oh no. Oh um, no. Her death is very sudden and extremely horrible. In and the film, yeah. In the film, in the um, she still has a very tough time of it in the manga. She mm. basically like the relationship between her and Tetsuo is very fucking. Uh, abusive but you also yeah yeah it it does kind of help towards building that character um as much as i don't like that as a plot point um you can kind of see how it would work yeah um and she uh she dies after trying to like warn tetsuo about someone trying to like double cross him and she gets shot in the back so that's way more satisfying yeah right it's like In the film, uh, she's better- just like, oh, Tetsuo is going body horror. What? Oh, Kauri is consumed by flesh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she's just like, she's like, oh, I can't breathe. And then she's like and then, splat yeah, and just ga- turns yeah, into paste. Yeah. <clears throat> um, that's really gross. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, and also um, the kind of relationship between Kanida and uh, Kay, the, um, the resistance fighter, is apparently a lot more fleshed out in the manga. It's very, it's, it's very slim. Very in this slim one. in the film, but I also kind of didn't mind that. I liked their like, you know, K being kind of like, "Fuck off, I'm not your boyfriend, I'm your girlfriend," and then d- that slow kind of realization when shit's hitting the fan, and you know, the the world appears to be ending. Mm. She actually kind of does get that sensation of like, "Oh fuck, Canada!" Like you know. There's yeah. that realiza- that instinctual realisation of that you actually care about someone. When shit's hitting yeah. the fan and your back's against the wall and who's the first person that you think of is, yeah, I find that kind of idea really interesting. So it worked It worked okay. Yeah, and I, yeah. It, it definitely it, could have been done better, but yeah. it for the sake of just having Canada to have someone because Tetsuo couldn't fucking <laughs> keep it up and the rest of the gang all kind of falls apart. So having her there as like a soundboard for Canada is yeah really nice, yeah, and as so, a, a, an emblem for the resistance, a mascot. And it kind of lets you, it kind of shows you how Canada is just kind of a douche, kind of a dick bag, <laughs> kind of a dick, big fuck boy vibes. <laughs> next next plot point: Canada is a douche, and Tetsuo is also a also douche. Also a douche. They both suck. Thanks for watching two five. <laughs> <laughs> the the character really uh, hams up is the wrong word, but they very much drive down drive home the point that uh, these are dumb teenagers <laughs> yeah. who act in their own self interest, angsty um, little shits. Yeah, a little bit. It works to kind of kind of place them as 
these characters that um, society is kind of like tossed aside. They're all orphans. They're all going to this uh, school for delinquents type situation. So that was pretty cool. That was like consistent. It wasn't like he's like the troubled kid with a heart of gold. He is. Well, he sort of is. Yeah. But he also is a douche. Yeah, yeah. It works out. I the the film the film also kind of rides this theme on sort of heroism as a way of like when these there are these the people who have to kind of knuckle down and save the fucking situation uh, might not be the people you expect. Uh and the film is constantly you know, it's got this whole situation with the politicians who yeah. are just self-interested, cranky douchebags who don't want to fund the Akira project because, uh, you know, there's like no direct benefit to them. So <laughs> the politicians, they have like, they have the bit where um, uh, the resistance fighter, I think, um, Ryu, was it Ryu? Yes. One of the resistance fighters? I think so, yeah. Hey. He he was working for one of the politicians, which was like a very weird, yeah, re- realization thing. Yeah, that, that was interesting. But you know, this guy like shit starts going badly, and he just shoots the other two guys and dumps as much money in his briefcase as he can, and just fucking boogies on out. Yeah, he has a heart, heart attack on the on the side of the with road, a mouthful of pills, and then Ryu walks past and <clears throat> fucking dies just meters in front of him as well. Yeah, rough. Mm. Um, but the it, it kind of goes like, well, there, there are these characters who have been wronged by society, but they're the ones who can save it, and they do. Or they try kind of to, neat. at the very least, I think is the... Yeah, I mean... There's a big, yeah. the big kind of overarching thing that I got from Akira is that it's not about the disaster. I think Akira isn't a disaster movie, and that's, again, credit to... Uh, Japan's history it's not the disaster that is the focus it's the picking yourself back up once the disaster has happened Mm. so once the whole catastrophe of Tetsuo and Akira and everything in the world is all that Neo Tokyo is blown to shit and is just a mess there's always that glimmer of hope in uh, Canada and K and you know they, they pull themselves back up at the end and they look out and they just, you know, everything's a bit shit right now. But if we don't get up, then who else is going to for us? So yeah. it's, you know, there's obviously a lot of of Japan's history has had a very rough time of it with <laughs> world wars and things. And I think there has to be a level of credit given to them in the way that they do just pick themselves back up they they got fucking knocked around in history and every single time they just got themselves back up on their feet dusting themselves off and just proceeded to create this economic empire of all kinds of different things technology animation film like their film industry uh, fashion mm. uh ah uh, yeah there's just so much good produce that comes out of japan and none of that would have happened if they didn't, after all of these disasters, pick themselves back up, dust them off, and keep on going. And I think that's, yeah, that's what I take away from Akira, is the hmm. the idea of picking yourself back up and going, nah, fuck this, we've got to keep going. 
I like that. It's all, that's, a, that's... It's all a bit shit right now, but we really we have to keep going. <laughs> it does end very shittily. I yeah yeah. There's uh, I read some some descriptions saying that T- Tetsuo made like a new universe. And I don't know how that works with the how the film ends. I I'm not sure. Wait, how uh, do you mean? Oh, the the, the the mini universe thing. Yeah, the like, little white sphere he has, mm. the little mm. marble thing. Um, I, that's... God, the fucking ending is weird. It's very ambiguous. <laughs> Talking about heroism and the characters, I'm angry because oh. this film made me like the fucking army general character. The colonel. That never I happened. I hate that. They're always the bad guy. I don't get it. But yeah. this dude just like... Right? <laughs> fucking... I, as soon as you come up, you're like, oh, here's our baddie. And then as the war while the film goes on, you're like, what the fuck? What the fuck? He actually like cares about doing the right thing i don't yeah. understand yeah. this is not a general character i've seen in any film <laughs> oh the bit where the bit where he's about to get on the plane Tetsuo's going bad shit and he's heading for uh the the olympic coliseum or whatever oh yeah and he's about to get on the helicopter and stuff and they're the guy the like fbi or what the fuck ever out the front of their helicopters and they're like we've gotten this order to we have to arrest you right here right now and then the colonel just looks over to the guy next to him, he's like shoot him and he just fucking does it and then yeah. i was like hell yeah colonel let's go <laughs> <laughs> Oh, which is like it's like kind of like a fascisty kind oh, of absolutely, fight, yeah. Where he's like, I'm overriding the power of the state, and I'm like, yeah. that's not a great thing to do. Put a hit but- list on all of the fucking government officials that have them all arrested. He, he played the Uno reverse card on there. Oh. oh, but then he does the right thing, and it's like, yeah, <sighs> you got me fucked up. Yeah, Colonel, Colonel, Colonel got me fucked up. Does he have a Colonel- name? Or is it just Colonel? I feel, no, I feel like name. it's just Colonel, but does he? No, he's got a name. It's like starts with an I. Colonel <laughs> Shikishima. Tadekibas. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, he. Um, Sorry to all our Japanese listeners. <laughs> yeah, we we wholeheartedly apologise, yes. Douglas especially, because yes. that was terrible. Yes. Uh, he. <laughs> Hi. He has that same kind of heroism of like this needs to be done. To save everyone, it's like selfless acts, uh, which was cool. Shikishima. I appreciate that from Colonel. Colonel, I said that. Colonel I said that. Shikishima. Oh, did you really? Well, you're not listening. I'm just not paying any attention. Hi, it's we're doing. It, this is a dialogue we're having right now. <laughs> you fucking bitch. <laughs> um, I uh, yeah, I I like that character. I guess. Yeah, same. Yeah, I think he's great. He's hot. I think character. You know, just in terms of the character, I'm like, yeah, that's a good character. This is like. Uh, moral, morals aside, which I think I normally get a bit too tied up in. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was cool. Uh, mm. The the whole scientist as a character was interesting. Yeah, the doctor um, kind of doing all of his experiments and everything, and I assume that's all probably fleshed out a lot more in the comic, so. the manga as well. The manga, yeah, I assume so. Mm. I never got what the deal was with the the light stuff the that he kept on looking things? at. Yeah. I never got the. I, I'm guessing he was trying to correlate Tetsuo's like Gujujis with Akira's like Gujujis. I think so. Is that the deal? And then I when they so. matched he up, like, and he was like, "Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> oh my god!" Uh, yeah, something like that. Something and then the colonel comes in and kicks all the shit over, and he's like, "You goddammit!" <laughs> yeah, because he was uh, prioritizing his science over saving the city. Yeah. 
Disgusting. Imagine being a scientist. Yeah, fucking Einstein over oh, here. Jesus. Douche. <laughs> uh, have we talked about the visuals? I think we have. Uh, we touched on them, but we can, we can we go a bit more in depth. It. Yeah. So there's this scene pretty early in after um, the, the pills, the gang gets like arrested, um, which I think is like the highlight in terms of animation. They've got the five or six guys and they're all constantly moving and like jostling around and shit. It's kind of, it was kind of a Ghibli vibe. Um, yeah, they've Ghibli all got their own little that. mannerisms and stuff that they're doing and they're, yeah. They're not just like, the animators aren't just like sitting on their haunches and just saying like, okay, this character cannot like hold on to this and uh, just sit there <laughs> and maybe move back and forth or something. They're just like, everyone's constantly doing something at the same time. Kind of does putting on this whole... Uh, like innocent good boy, boy show, stick, yeah, which is so fucking good. Shit. It's almost like British Cockney kind of good boy shtick. I really like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Like and then, the messenger and- boy who's been you know reeled in by the British cops and you know they give him um, talking to you, naughty boy. <laughs> Bloody bit of a slap around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they um they also kind of work on the whole theme of um the the city being corrupt with the the police officers beating the shit out of someone and just like going aha we got him after they've just like smashed this dude in his face and someone like drags him away and there's like blood yeah like, on the ground like a blood trail from his face the, <laughs> that's one thing that I found kind of cool about this movie is the red the blood is so red Mm. it's Mm. like so Mm. richly red and there's well i guess there's like you know canada's outfit is like all red his bike is red and there's lots of red lights and stuff in the city and everything but when there's blood you know there's blood yeah (laughs) the the movie really does go like whoop there's some blood for you how you like that and you kind of oh it's yeah i fuck the the colors are mostly pretty muted yeah, and they they definitely yes that is uh, a big thing with the red of uh, Tetsuo has the <laughs> I love that he literally grabs like a curtain off of like it's like a showroom yes. or something yes and, and he's, he's like, like well this, this is, is my cape my, now <laughs> this is my cape now <laughs> there's that um, Canada has his red jacket and then yeah. whenever blood shows up it's this this huge thing and his bike um, yeah. There's the the three big, well, I guess four big, uh, and they really, really pop. There aren't many other uses of like super crazy bright color yeah. in quite that way. I liked how the uh, all of the the bikies there, or the you know Tetsuo Canada and uh, the rest of his gang, all mm. of their outfits correlated to their bikes. Which made it super easy to pick them out in all of, like, those bike chase sequences and stuff. Like, Tetsuo had that kind of light blue outfit on, and his bike is light blue. And then, uh, what's the... It's the last guy that survives it out of their game. Uh, I forget. fuck is that kid's name? I know who you're talking about. Yama... Yama something. Yamagata. Yamagata, that's it. Um, he's got like that kind of, he's got the tie and the jacket and everything. And he rides like a chopper kind of bike. Mm. And that's all the same colors to his outfit. I, oh, that made my design brain very, very happy. And just as a general (laughs) rule, like a lot of the fashion and stuff is so good. 
Oh, I love it. So, I love it so, so much. Good. I love me my cyberpunk fashion, and <laughs> Ikiro really does have just mwah, bellissimo. I love it. Mamma mia, it's very nice. They, yeah, they they work a lot of that in. It's very very fucking nifty. Yeah, I'm a big big fan. Or like or like the loose clothing that some of the characters have. Yeah, holy the shit. Um, talking about animation. Yeah, the the, the espers, the three children. Just like fucked me up. Yeah, when I first saw who is it? It's Takashi, who's the first one you see, isn't it? Yeah. He's getting dragged along by some dude, and he gets fucking annihilated by like twenty gunmen. And then you get to see his face a little bit more, and you're like, "Is he a zombie? What the fuck is?" And then it's, you get and, to see the, the other the, two, and you're like, "What the fuck? <laughs> who are these guys?" The animation style, I would say, I'm gonna say it's unique. It's not. Similar to a lot of conventional anime styles. Um, There's the fact that a lot of the time the the nose is kind of like almost outlined. Um, Gives them like this kind of button nose look. Everyone has pretty large foreheads. Yeah. uh, Yeah. And very round faces, uh, which is kind of a bit out of the ordinary. Um, They, along with that, I was like, "Is is the artist just making, does he just make like small children look demented because <laughs> that's his style. <laughs> but no, they're Clearly is fucking yeah. They're fucked up, yeah. and it doesn't really explain it. I'm assuming it's like you know, like a side effect of the of the, the treatments, treatments they're getting, or maybe or, they've lived the for like a really, or... really long time. And oh shit, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, maybe that's like their their skin is sagging, but their bodies don't actually grow. So yeah, their like voices and everything stay as a child, but their skin still sags and everything because they are growing old. Because you you do um, get the sense that they are intelligent and they are they have the equivalent level of intelligence to like a sixty year old person. They've got intelligence and experience behind them, I think. Mm, anyway, mm. um, the the one that uh, fucked me up the most was the the girl. Who is it? It's Yukiko or something. Yeah, <laughs> she's just like a fucking grandma. <laughs> oh, some of the close-ups on her had me like... <laughs> oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> oh, God, just her eyes and the fact that like she had the lipstick on kind of as well all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I think is definitely like a good vibe to have like these these weird kind of extraordinary characters look so, so fucking, fucking demented. Yeah. Bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought I thought that was cool. And there's the um, the last one is always wearing like a little suit. <laughs> yes, yes, and just floating and I, around on this little thing like the fucking dudes in um, Wally. You know when they get really yeah. fat and they're floating around on the. <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple of cuts where the the like main uh, politician, who's the one who has the heart attack later in the film, yes. actually looks pretty similar to that esper and i got them mixed up oh, a couple yeah. times because <laughs> i was like oh well he's in a wheelchair here but in this other scene he's got a walking stick i'm like oh it's obviously same the same dude, guy i yeah. know uh, very when much he's, not when he's that. talking to ryu and they're walking along yeah. there yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> the um I'd, jumping back to the the bikes the mm-hmm. the fucking vapor trails on the bikes like, oh, so the, cool. the long exposure kind of look where, you know, the bikes will go past and you see, like, the, the trailer, the, the headlights. Wow. Yeah. So good. It gave me, like, Tron vibes, kind of. I was going to say, like, budget, budget Tron budget vibes. Budget Tron, well, yeah. 
probably probably better than I. Oh, absolutely. I watched I some like, stuff I like recently that about style more than Tron's style. About the original Tron, that film is uh, it's it's technically very impressive, but apparently it does not, not hold up one fucking bit. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> Um, the amount of work they had to do on that film to like layer all these like visual effects mm. on top of each other. God, um, fucking nightmare. Shit. We have completely forgotten to talk about the music. Oh yeah, holy fuck! Mm. That is like the animation is amazing, but the music mm. is the thing that really got mm. me. The music mm. is um, so yeah. We mentioned before the composer wrote all the music before. I got. I, he didn't see a frame of the film. I don't think he just wrote yeah. it. And then yeah, I think before the actual animation was done, I assume they'd done some storyboarding by then, surely. Yeah. But um, but yeah, the the soundtrack was all written before the film was like properly developed, and it takes a lot of really really weird inspirations. Um, I guess first and foremost, it's kind of split into two halves. So there's the kind of first half is very high energy. Um, which kind of fits in with uh, the, you know, the gang doing all these cool gang things. Mm, mm. And then as you get towards the end, it becomes a lot more bleak and mysterious. That kind of frames all the music that's going on. But in amongst both of those um, kind of themes, uh, he weaves in a lot of really cool inspirations i guess motifs of yeah yeah like musical styles and stuff yeah. so a big one is um it's called no noh uh which is the japanese style of music for theater um so it's lots of like drums and um like percussion and things like that uh but it also um uses a bit of like Indonesian traditional folk music. Mm. Um, there is a Balinese jegog, which uh, is something I wrote down wow. and did not actually uh, like do any research on. <laughs> but these these kinds of very primal feeling sounding yeah. um, kind of musical styles. And then as the film gets more weird and fucked up near the end, there's a lot of um, things like angelic like choir type music um like big um like organs and stuff like that yeah uh and kind of transitions but it still feels consistent as it goes through it kind of just flows through from really high energy and cool to very what the fuck is happening yeah yeah and if you sit down and listen to any of the soundtrack on its own it's a lot yeah it's um it's very much because it was kind of so woven in with it, it it's it's so odd to listen to on its own. Which is kind of crazy, Absolute isn't it? Bizarre. The fact that it's kooky to listen to on its own, but it was composed and created without having seen a single mm. frame of the film. Yeah. That's really yeah. fucking so, cool. Hey, look it's, at it's, you, looking up music stuff. Well, I'm, hey, I'm man, proud of you, I Jonathan. told myself I was going to improve back in episode one. and um, Look at you, you're already making there. good. But that's that should be an indication of how cool it was. It really, really stuck with me, and yeah. I was very, very, very fucking interested in it. Well, you're All into right, so you're into kind of kooky music, aren't you? You really like the the stuff that <laughs> the stuff that pushes the boundary of what music is. You like that kind of shit, don't you? Uh, ladies, I listen to Death <laughs> <laughs> Line up at the door, please, and, and one thousand gecks. <laughs> 
No, I, I, I like experimentation. Yeah, um, definitely. I like all kinds of stuff. I, I, I've been trying to kind of branch out with my kind of musical interests recently. Correct me if I'm wrong, um, but neither of us really, we don't have one specific genre that we love. We kind of, no. well, we kind yeah, of no. do everything. No, exactly. And I, Which I think makes a lot of sense given your, uh, you know, area of study. Sure. Yeah, definitely. I try and dip and dive into as much as I can. The only thing I can't really get behind is Screamo. Um, but in saying that, I did yeah. find a very good Melbourne band called Thornhill. Go check out Thornhill. They're a great little... Go check out- Is that the one that you've been hassling me to listen to for I ages? have, and they're really, really good. They did an album uh, back in 2019, and they're fucking solid. It's, I don't normally like Screamo. I'm a lot like on Spotify, but I'm not happy about it. I don't it. normally listen to Screamo, but those guys, are they're onto something. And they're Melbourne. My so. issue is normally... Um, my issue is normally... Uh, I got a friend who really likes Nine Inch Nails, and oh, yeah. I started listening to that. I just can't take them seriously. Yeah, that's, <laughs> the, the, that's the trouble. It, like, it's, it's... Lyrics are always the issue with me. There's something about those lyrics that are just very odd. Yeah, and then the presentation <laughs> of the lyrics, I guess, to a degree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, sorry. Um, so, do you want to toss out my my amateur, you know, analysis of the music and give me your professional opinion, uh, Douglas? Uh, hardly. You said it all. Um, it's oh. yeah. I uh, I didn't do as much background digging as you did, but I just the the bit that struck me the most was the the ones that had the vocal sample in it. Mm. The ones that had the ha ah, that one. Yes. Yeah. That one. I was like, there was a lot of chanting. Fuck, what is happening? I like it, but I don't. It's really cool. But what? Also, what is going on? It's yeah. It gives this really kind of like ooh ah kind of vibe. Specifically in the opening chase, yeah. it's actually yeah, 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 very yeah. quiet, and it's just a lot of chanting and like, like once a beat type percussions, like hmm. big drums and stuff like that, which was very cool in getting you into the not state of mind but the um uh the whole vibe of this japanese neo it's a neo tokyo yeah, you know that, yeah. I think that says a lot just calling it that yeah um uh do you know what a polyrhythm is douglas a polyrhythm i do not inform me oh do you know or i don't know you, either i just wrote it down just find- i assumed that you'd be able to tell polyrhythm- me so well I'm not up to that. Thanks for that, bud. (laughs) Let me have a little blare. Oh, Um, actually, no, I do know what a polyrhythm is. I looked it up, and now I I just, looking at it, I immediately know what it is. It's where (laughs) two rhythms don't uh, uh, work, really, with one another. Yeah. So they're not in the same meter. They they kind of juggle around a little bit. So it's like having two audio tracks and both of them on different BPMs. That's basically what polyrhythm is. I know what a meter is, okay? Yeah, okay. You talk okay. to me. <laughs> Fuck you. I, let's just ignore the fact that you were saying that for the benefit of the audience. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, this is all about you, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, fuck. I forgot that we're not just talking to each yeah, other. Yeah, the audience <laughs> has to learn things too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was really, really cool. It was... It helped that whole otherworldly vibe that runs through the whole thing. Um, yeah, I, it's super cool. The, the animation is still like the takeaway, like star, but the music is very, very good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it comes a close second. Mm. Um, it's complimentary. All right, Douglas. <clears throat> we, uh, <laughs> do you want to give us a, do you want to pick like five or 10 minutes worth of trivia so that we're not sitting here for the next half sure. hour? Sure. <laughs> 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 um, this, 
movie takes place in 2019 and depicts Ningo Tokyo creating a new Olympic stadium, presumably for 2020. And coincidentally, Tokyo is hosting the 2020 Summer Olympics. Yeah, they wouldn't have known that back in 1988. They did not. It was only decided in 2013 that the, that Tokyo was hosting the 2020 Olympics. I wonder if... There's got to have been some Akira Surely fans in there that had crowd. to have been some people Surely. who were going like, do it, do it, fucking give it to Tokyo, give yeah. it to Tokyo. We want to... We know that we know that they have an underground fucking uh, bunker ready for Tetsuo freezing chamber. Oh. With- <laughs> We've got to cure us somewhere. We've got to put the events in motion. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's like that. What is it? The Simpson theory? You know how like Simpsons <clears throat> have predicted yeah. like everything ever. The Simpsons predicts everything. Yeah. 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 Um, this was one of the first Japanese anime films to have the characters' voices recorded before they were animated. Oh, okay. Typical practice in US animation uh, is to have them uh, animated and then recorded. Um, I wonder if they filmed the actors and used that as some kind of... Baseline. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, just for like how they would move while in those. Not necessarily like making them acted out, but... Oh, that's this is not relevant. No, that tends no, 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 that tends to be a thing for voice actors. Is that I? I mean, for me personally, I doing voice acting, I have to move, or otherwise the voice acting doesn't sound genuine. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I know. That, I know that's a thing where you're going the other way. If you've already got the animation or uh, you know whatever you're voicing, you can you can you definitely can base off of what you're looking at. You can go like, I'm supposed to be moving like this, yeah, totally. and you can. Yeah, which will which will give you a more realistic uh, performance. But when the ball's definitely. in your court, yeah, I, I tend to move oh, no. around and do things. Hmm. The movie consists of 2,212 shots and 160,000 single pictures, which cool. is two or three times more than the ordinary animation film. Oh, okay. And it, wait... Was it just at, like, a very high frame rate compared to... Yes, so there were way, way, way more frames per second. And oh, that was due that's to the really budget. really interesting. Okay. Yeah, it did have a fat fucking budget, The budget it? was nearly $10 million. Yeah, Which was yeah. a record a sum billion, for Japanese 1.1 billion yen. Yeah. 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 Crazy amount. Of, that's what I was saying before. Like, they just had so much fucking money, and they were like, well, we've got all these really talented people. I don't know what to do. Let's fucking toss them in a room. Far out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, it also used 327 different colors, which is another record in animation huh. film. Um, okay. And apparently, allegedly, 50 colors were exclusively created for the film. Uh, oh. But I, oh. I don't know how to take that statistic or that. Uh, fact, quote unquote. How was do you it, create oh, color? <laughs> was it done digitally or was no, no, it hand drawn? Okay, so then, so then it would be the dye or the I guess oh, uh, the the ink that they used. I yeah. guess that's really that's really interesting. Odd. So it yeah. Um, the reason for that statistic is that most of the movie takes place at night which is a setting that is traditionally avoided by animators because of the increased colour requirements. Oh, okay. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, um, oh in the uh, the scene where Canada is at the jukebox at the beginning, you can mm. see logos of three famous classic rock bands, including Cream, Led Zeppelin, and The Doors. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> which I, I fucking love that scene. It feels so Western. Yeah, it's very cool. Western, and but just cyberpunk. Like- 
Yeah, they like bust into the the saloon and they're like, kind of stuff happening. Mm. Fuck yeah, I did like that yeah. a lot. The scene with the black circles just before the final scene and credits is actually a pencil test. Ah, I like that a lot. I thought that looked really yeah, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How cool is that? Oh, interesting. It's a neat little, Go, well, uh, it's thrifty. Yeah, yeah. It is actually, isn't it? They're like, ah, oh, fuck. What do we do for the? Ah, oh, just put it. Jimmy, you got a pencil test? Yeah, buddy boy, scan this. Streamline Pictures is reported to have become the film's distributor when both George Lucas and Steven Spielberg labelled it unmarketable in the US. Oh, really? I know it didn't do that great in the US. No. To be fair. Um, Opening weekend, 11 grand. Yeah. (sighs) But, yeah, no. Oh, it opened on the 1st of January? Interesting. But then I think it kind of did 180 and then everyone was like, oh, Akira. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's definitely... It kind of reads like they didn't make it back into the green on their, like, initial, uh, like, worldwide release. But they must have made, like, the residuals from people buying the DVD and the Blu-rays and all that easily they've got to have made their yeah. money back by a decent their fucking royalties chunk. must be fucking out the wazoo with the amount of a mm. pop culture hit this film became surely Mm-mm. um the computer sounds when tetsuo's body is being scanned uh were taken from the m-u-t-h-u-r computer in alien <laughs> oh really yeah yeah <laughs> That's very so cool. Alien came like out in 1979, and the uh, the mm. mother computer, yeah, the sounds that that computer makes, are the sounds which you can hear when Tetsuo's body is being scanned. That's very cool. Uh, one that you pointed me on to was that uh, Kanye West was a huge fan of the film, and he used some scenes from the movie and kind of used that as a base of inspiration for his music video for Stronger. Oh. And uh, I I used to fucking oh yeah sorry I did know yeah, this to... I said it <laughs> to you yeah I was like why are you saying oh uh, you fucking I thought you said Keanu Reeves what I was I don't know Kanye West I don't know I'm... it's close he's not listening now <laughs> <gasps> me bitch <laughs> it's me this one <laughs> um talking about some inspirations uh it inspired a wave of Japanese cyberpunk works including manga and anime series such as Ghost in the Shell, Battle Angel Alita, Cowboy Bebop, Serial Experiments Lane, and live-action Japanese films such as Tetsuo the Iron Man, video games such as Hideo Kojima's Snatcher and Metal Gear Solid, and, I fucking called it, Final Fantasy VII. Oh, of course. I put down a note. I was watching it and I was like, this is very Final Fantasy VII. And I put it down and I was like, Final Fantasy inspiration? And I looked it up and then I was like, yes! <laughs> I actually am most excited about um, Snatcher. I don't know if you've seen any shots of that, not. but it's an old it's an old PC-98 Ooh. game. So it was a uh, very old all-in-one PC game. Right. Uh, sorry, console. Um, best known because it was one of the first quote-unquote consoles, like gaming, like video game hubs that were not uh, Nintendo or Sega or Atari. So that meant that anyone could make games for it because it didn't have to go through through somebody who was making cuts. Oh, that's cool. Um, And as a result, 
there's a lot of porn on it. <laughs> but that's what it's best known for. But wow. there's also, um, because of just the rendering engine that it used, um, there is some absolutely delightful pixel art games that wow, came out of right. it. It's really, really pretty, the kind of stuff. And Snatcher is, yes, it's one of um, Hideo Kojima's first, first games. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. Uh, I did not know it's, that. It's very nifty. I'm going to send you some pictures absolutely. after this. It's yeah. pretty cool. Um, outside of Japan, Akira was uh, cited as a major influence on Hollywood films such as... The Matrix in the 250, yep. Dark City, yep. Kill Bill, Chronicle, Looper, The Dark Knight in the 250, Midnight Special, and Inception in the 250. Huh. I was like, Inception? But then the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, okay, Inception. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it also inspired uh, Stranger Things to a degree. Oh, okay. I guess in terms of like horror and stuff, I suppose I can kind of yeah, see that. Yeah, um, yeah. And it also inspired uh, Half Life, pretty pretty prominently. I yeah, I can see mm. that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, and it's also gone on to inspire Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Hey. And uh, Canada's I'm- motorbike is apparently going to be rideable in Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. So, the first thing I'm doing when I, I can't get that wait. game. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, that's so Just good. Fucking hopping on that thing and going, That's <laughs> <laughs> He says that a lot. He does, in this yeah. Film, they both they're he? both screaming their name a lot. <laughs> Which is very I think wait, now, did Dragon Ball Z and all that get inspired by Akira? Surely. I think it might just be more of a kind of a cultural thing. To, thing. In, yeah, anime. anime. Yeah. <laughs> um, just the way that the Japanese language works. Sure. Like culturally. Mm. Mm. I was gonna, I was going to put that up as my suggestion for the, uh, the opening <laughs> of the podcast where we Tetsuo. Um, <laughs> just but. Tetsuo! <laughs> <laughs> and then just go back to like really calm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Damn exactly. it, missed opportunities. <laughs> well, we've done it now. <laughs> we've done it live. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine we just like edited yeah, that yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. the podcast starts now <laughs> yeah. an hour and ten minutes in oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah that's about all I had um, I was very interested uh, to see that it, uh, Cowboy Bebop was inspired by Akira I totally I see mean, that yeah absolutely I, I need, but like it, uh, yeah. ugh, I love Cowboy Bebop that's such a what fucking a great anime that's absolutely delightful series mm. some good mm. 90s anime Talking about absolutely delightful series, you can uh, you can catch up on other information related to the podcast on our Twitter and our Instagram. We're at two five o pod, one word, t w o f i v e o h p o d. Uh, we also have an email. You can under also the same thing. Yeah, we have an email. If that's the kind, if you want to contact me directly, um, <laughs> send some hate where mail. You can, yeah, send all your hate mail through there, and I'll be sure to get it. Um, if <laughs> you're not doing anything with it. Put yeah, it exactly. out, fold it up neatly, and put it up my anus. Put it, uh, put it, uh, uh, put it on my uh, fridge with some magnets and write "Good job." Yeah. In uh, exclamation point, give me, give me a, a sticker. Plus. Um, we're currently putting the podcast up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Podcast, Google Home, and Amazon Echo. I don't know if I mentioned this last time. Um, uh, we want to go on Podbean because it's a free service that a lot of people use, but they're a bit of a pain in the ass. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, I think you mentioned but it back in Casino Royale. I did. I'm still like mad about that. Right. I was digging into a bit more, and it's just a 
just a hassle. Right. Like, anyway, we'll get there, we'll get there if I, we can. If we can, we'll get there. <laughs> we uh, both have our personal Letterboxd accounts. So Letterboxd is a website for tracking uh, films and doing reviews. So it lets you keep a list of the films you have watched. So you can kind of filter through that if you want to. You can plan the films you want to watch. Uh, and you can write little cute reviews, which get shared with the social media Ooh. group. Uh, my account is UPA, U-U-U-P-A-H. That's with three U's. Uh, I am... Uh, on brand, on theme with this episode, writing a haiku oh, yeah. after every film. Uh, it's and it's actually great. I actually love doing it. <laughs> and Doug, Doug is doing what? Uh, I'm writing reasonably detailed reviews. They're about normally three or four paragraphs long. I try to get them uh, where they just yeah give general thoughts on performances that I thought were uh, commendable and yeah just general little thoughts about. Uh, the films that we're watching here on the 250 that includes mm. all of our bonus snubs as well so I'm yes. compiling a list of all of the movies that we're watching and just slowly adding on to that list um, and my account my letterboxd account is I-E-N-Z-O-K-N-I-G-H-T that's Enzo Knight with a K uh, all one word okay. all lowercase and uh, yeah if, I, if you guys want to get on letterboxd and either chuck some reviews up there or just you know engage i think that'd be kind of cool to see what other people's mm. opinions on these films are uh, people that are listening to the 250 um mm-hmm. i think it's always good to have discussion and have a debate over uh films and cinematography i think it's yeah it's almost like that's the whole point of this engage podcast. in discussion engage in discussion have a dialogue have a discussion. Fucking. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking about uh, bonus episodes. I really want to watch Mandy next. Mandy, what's Mandy? I know we're still like... It's the... I feel um, like we've had it's this the really, Yeah, it's like the visually crazy... Uh, it's a Nicolas Cage film. Oh, yes, it's like, yes, 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 yes. It's so fucking yes. good. I'm really I'm excited. I really, really want to watch that. Although we're like four episodes off from our next bonus. so Or three episodes yeah. off now. Because we've done this uh-huh. one. But yeah. Uh, it'll happen. Yeah, eventually. we'll get there. I, I, we got a lot. We got a lot of bonus snubs. We got a lot of a lot of movies mm, that we think should have been in list. there, and they're not. Um, I just want to punch that one out so that uh, so that I can just. <laughs> just wanna, I just want to get over and done with. Knock I was out saying, one of I, these dramas that you, you so hate. You fucking you fucking threatened to just like watch it on your own. I was like, oh, I'll fucking murder Wait, you. Wait, watch what on my own? <laughs> Mandy. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you got to watch it with the podcast. The podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. anyway, uh, distracted. Yeah. Well, thank you for tuning in to the 250, and uh, we look forward mm. to seeing you real soon. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Thanks for all the support. We've been getting a lot of really good support for the podcast so far. We have. And lots of nice words from our friends and family and loved ones. and Random French Random people. French people. <laughs> Uh, it's yeah it's really nice to see that people are actually engaging and listening to the podcast so that means a lot thank you yeah I love yeah. you bye bye I love Take you care. bye bye <laughs>